1: She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework.
0: Hi, friends, and welcome back to the rework. Today, we're going to be talking about erasing the board and erasing the board is a concept that was pioneered by Gregory and Lisa Daniel, photographers in Florida who have a thriving, successful portrait studio business and they have just recently entered a different phase of life. They have become parents to two darling grandchildren and they want to spend more time with their grandkids, but they don't wanna give up their portrait business. They still love their clients, they still love shooting, they still love being in the business, but they're trying to figure out a way to do both in a way that allows them to be fully present for their grandkids and also fully present for their clients. So whether you are brand new in the business and trying to figure out how to let it keep from taking over your life, or maybe in the trenches for years, you're trying to figure out how can I schedule my life and my clients a little bit better so that I have some more freedom, regardless, you're going to find so many great takeaways. They are the king and queen of branding. I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's do it. Well, I'm so excited to have Gregory and Lisa Daniel back with us on the Rework podcast today. And I appreciate you taking the time because I know not you've not only been busy with portraits, but you've also been busy with grandchildren. Yes. Which is the best kind of busy there is. That's
2: it. That's it.
0: Yes. So I I just want to talk about with you, and you can take this in any direction that you want to go, but you've had so many iterations. Of your business, you've been part time. You've been building a space shuttle and shooting weddings. You've done you've had first, second, third, fourth, fifth acts in your lives. Yes, and you're now (laughs) evolving again. A
3: lot of (laughs) rings in the tree. Yeah,
0: a lot of rings in the tree. I know, but yeah, and yet we're still children. It's so weird, (laughs) and we we look so young. Yes. Well, that is that is definitely true of the two of you for sure. (laughs) I just wanted to talk a little bit about. When you decide that you want to make a shift in your business, what does that sound like between the two of you? How are you making those decisions? and then you know anything from whether it's a process, a product, or just even making your life different so
3: well, yeah go team. It's, it's great seeing you again, and I can see you, but they probably can't see us, but uh, it's really great chatting with you guys and having a having a good little time here. But yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is what we would call erasing the board and thinking about what if, you know, what if we could do something. And, and I think, you know, years and years and years ago, we had to make a big shift and we gave ourselves permission to do that. And I think there's a little dirty secret in our industry that we start off, in this industry, because we love photography, most of us do. I know you didn't necessarily that way. But most Mm -hmm. of the folks that we talk to, they start off because they love photography. That's the way I started off. as a Yeah, me too.
0: I love the gear, love the lenses, love the lights. Yeah, all
3: of it. So you put your ladder on this wall of photography, right? And it's all about photography and about how I can get folks in to take photographs of, you know, quite frankly, anyone Anyone that could breathe, you. Yes. Right, and we did that. We did a lot of it with rabbits and and uh, bunnies and special fog
0: up, fog up this mirror, and I will take your picture. That's
3: right. that's, it. that's, right. It. Right. Yeah. that's yeah. right. And so you know, making a shift, really giving yourself permission. We would give ourselves permission to what we called erase the board. Right?
2: So I would say, like every so many years, we just would get a little either itchy, or we would look at our numbers. Or we weren't happy about something, or there would be some impetus to get us to start to think about this. You know, what are we going to do in the next five years? That's different. What are we, what are we going to do? And it wasn't a five-year thing, but it was just a, you know, you just have that feeling that something needs to change.
0: I Um, think it goes in seven for me, in my life, in my other businesses, it seems to go in seven-year cycles.
2: Yeah, and it may I, have. I, I, think, I haven't even thought about it, but it may have. I think
3: ours lines up a little bit more with our children because, yeah. you know, I started off doing photography the way we did it, our business, photographing little leagues and soccer teams, mm, mm-hmm. all of these specials. And it was just Lisa and I. So And just, then
2: we were doing weddings.
3: Yeah. Well, and little weddings. Yeah. You know? And then
2: we got bigger weddings. And then we needed to make a change because our girls were going to school. And the only time that we really had for family time was either in the evenings or on the weekends. Well, here we're doing weddings. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And for us, it works for a lot of families. for us, it did not. So that was our change to make a difference. Um,
3: Now now it's grandchildren.
2: Now it's we want to spend more time with grandchildren and go to our cabin with them or, you know, go places and play and do things and go on trips. And so in order to do that, we have to rethink, Think this because we're not ready to retire. And right. actually Greg says he has retired mm-hmm. <laughs> because you retire to do what you love and he's doing what he loves. So he thinks he's going to continue to do this till he's 90. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I'm with him. I'm with Greg. And, but I think that you just struck something so profound. And it's really profound to me just because of where I'm at in my own business, but how we kind of get this idea of like, you know, like Ivan's always saying to me, okay, so when we retire, I'm like, never gonna happen. Like I'm always going to be doing something. I can't not do something, but we, we get in our mind like, okay, that it always has to be this way. Like I have to be shooting weddings until my dead carcass drops in the aisle and the bride has to step over me. Right. Or. Not, and we right. can make the business work for us, rather than us having to work for the business. And so, I I think that that's a very uh, common change from that wedding to portrait because a lot of people start in the wedding business young. They are right. they're photographing their friends' weddings, that sort of thing, and it's kind of a younger guy's game, woman's game. And then they have kids and don't want to work every weekend, and so they have to make a change. So when you've made those changes or when you've looked at your ladder maybe against the wrong wall. Right. What does that look like in
2: yeah? Yeah. In so our, our processes, how do our processes look as we make those changes? Is that what well, you're I,
3: the, I think the process of making the change, the change process is what people struggle mostly with.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's, I think scary. it's very scary. It's one of the most it's one of the most difficult things to do. And so <laughs> you end up because it's so difficult it's all about risk assessment you know assessing the risks uh, involved in doing the change and it's just scary to do it it's all about fear and scary and all of that right so yeah uh, like I,
0: if I get rid of my weddings how am I gonna like
3: exactly in my family right and so there's there's really two approaches one is that you you've got to give yourself time the ability to dream and to think about you could do this change not that you have to do it right now because I think a lot of folks try to approach it by tweaking things. I'm going to tweak it. I'm going to tweak it into this other level. I'm going to Mm -hmm. get over here. I'm going to tweak it one way or the other. And tweaking it is like pivoting, like a basketball player pivoting. It's hard to pivot from where you are to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. If you're just tweaking or you're just pivoting, when you give yourself permission to erase the board and, and imagine, you know, what could this be and do it in two ways. The reason I say two ways, one is there's one thing about changing from let's say we were talking about, you know, weddings to portraits, but there's also a brand change you might want to make, brand level. You know, maybe I'm because I started off in a commodity kind of level, because that's where we all pretty much start, maybe that shift is a brand shift, not just a product shift or what you're going to be doing shift. It's a it's a brand shift, which a lot of folks don't like evaluate the brand shift as well. So I need to take this ladder and put it over here on a totally different wall. So I need to completely erase the board. Maybe I'm erasing my client base. Maybe I'm erasing all of the thing, the design of the studio or wherever you're doing your business, the way you dress, the what you do, what you drive. I mean, everything about it, you can go off and dream about a brand level and what you want to do, a product you know, that you want to create. Yeah. And so we've given ourselves permission to go in and erase the board and, and just sketch it out and go hey, knowing what I know now, this is what I would love to have as a business model in the future.
2: And sometimes it's a formal sit down. We Sometimes we do this at the beginning of the year where we are up at the cabin and we're just a happy place for us. It doesn't matter if you're in your closet, wherever you can think. So Mm -hmm. we'll be up there and we'll sit down and we'll say, you know, these are the things that happened last year and have been happening what do we want to change and where do we see ourselves and what is it that we want different for our lives and for our business? And so then we'll start saying, well, I just want, if if we are retired, because Greg is never retiring, mm-hmm. if we are retired, then how can we make more fun happen at the same time for our family or with our friends and, and trips? but still make this business work and viable so it serves him and me yeah. and also serves our family so yeah. and and I love what I do but this is his passion. I'm assisting him and I'm happy to do that. But I can't do this till I'm 90. <laughs> he can. And so that's great. So this solves that problem for us with where we are in our life right now. But that's how we systematically sit down and do that. We do that with our classes as well. Mm-hmm. When we teach a class, we sit down and say, let's just erase the board. This is a safe place. Let's just, what would it look like if it could look different? Mm-hmm. And then you start digging into how do you make that work? Right. So you first have to have a concept of what it is you want that's different. Well, and allowing yourself to dream. Right. And
3: then you can build the bridge. You know, what's that transition plan to get over there to this other side? Uh, But doing it one step at a time, trying to make those decisions in that dream come one step at a time, tweaking along the way, you're not going to get there. It's hard to pivot to get from there to there. But if you have a dream that you've dreamt without the anchor of the business that you're in, right, that your current state. And I was in change management for a lot at the Space Center. And we did a lot of change management activity and had to where we we define the current state. That's where you are. And then you identify the future state, which is your dream. And then you come up with a transition plan on how I'm going to get from point A to point B. And then those steps can get you there and you'll always have that beacon or that, that guide light that gets you to that other space. And we did that on all these different transitions that we've had throughout, Mm -hmm. you know, my brother did it with a boat, on his a picture of it on his refrigerator. You know, that was his dream someday that like unbelievably an unbelievable dream that he made come true, you know, with that vision. And for us, One of our first transitions was going into a really, really high end luxury brand mixed media painting pieces that we kind of ushered into this industry. Because I had a dream when I walked into an art gallery, when I was a high end wedding photographer and we needed to make a shift, I gave myself permission to erase the board and and think about what something else could be. And when I walked into that gallery, I went, oh my gosh. I could do this. And it was right when the embellished reproductions of uh, art prints came out. And I said, I can incorporate this and create a gallery space for me and create these beautiful portraits. And, and so giving myself permission to dream gave myself permission to see.
0: I need everybody that's listening to this to put down your Wacom tablet, pull your car over to the side of the road and really take that in because so often we think, oh yeah, I'd like to be higher end or I'd like to quit with shooting weddings and shoot portraits or whatever. Like I'd like to do this. And immediately there just comes in all the noise of like, well, here's why I can't.
1: I can't right. starve.
0: Right. I'll lose all my clients. I'll, you know, the fear, fear, fear. And what happens with that is that's just putting more and more blinders onto where you really can't see the other things happening. And I think, Greg, in your situation, you know, whether it was because you had, Photography was your side hustle, so to speak. I mean, you had two businesses. You were working at the Space Center. Then you were also that it wasn't, your whole life was not on the line if the photography thing didn't work out. So that probably gave you a little bit of mental bandwidth to be able to be in a gallery and go, oh, this is really cool. I could do this. This, it gave you a sense of play, right? Yes. And so for those of us who are people that are listening to this, that are maybe feeling a little bit more like everything is on the line. What would you suggest? Like maybe it's a thought exercise of how to give themselves that mental bandwidth to give themselves that space of feeling like impending doom. If I change or open up my mind to p- possibilities,
3: we do it with our, our class, but it's like one of the first things that we do at Texas school with our classes it's- is we give them permission to dream. And the permission is you don't have to, you don't don't have to, you don't have to do it. You don't have to change, but let's, let's just dream, right? Give yourself permission, just dream. We're not changing anything yet. Nothing we're doing that's going to affect anything, but let's just dream. What would it be? What would it look like if you could just do anything you wanted to do, create anything you wanted to create for somebody that you love to do What would that look like? What would that thing look like? That What would that thing that you could create that you could put in a shopping cart and push out a door, what would that thing look like every single day? If you just created that one, one thing, what would it be? And just give yourself permission to dream and then just take step by step by step. And And eventually you end up- Your step
2: by step would be like for us, Greg wanted to learn, it happens to be over there, so I'm looking over there, (laughs) wanted to learn to do these paintings. So we didn't change anything other than he started researching. He started talking to painters. He started learning about the oils. He started learning about how you put oils on. You had.
3: But that was after. So that's. That's after the, you made the decision. Yeah, right. So the once
2: you make, once you say, this is what I want, then we still didn't change anything. No. Mm-hmm. So still eating. Yeah. So your, your listeners can still eat doing yeah. whatever it is they're doing. You're just unfortunately going to have to add a little more to your plate to learn this new thing. So then now that you've learned the skill, now you can start incorporating it and phasing one in and one out. So it's not like you dream and then a week later, oh my gosh, I have to do it. Right. And I think sometimes when you think, oh, I, I really want to be a higher end studio Well, I guess I have to do that starting next week. Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. It puts
0: so much pressure.
2: Yeah. And then you falter.
0: Right. I feel that it's giving yourself the permission to dream. And then also in my mind, just I'm a pragmatic. I love pragmatics. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what's the number? Just put a number to it. So for me, I was like standing in a wedding, December 21st, two thousand. 12. And I was like Scarlett O'Hara in the field, like as God is my witness, I will never shoot another wedding again. Cause I hate all of these people. And so, but I was like, okay, I, I got to go home and think about this. And I was like, okay, 60,000 a year was what weddings were bringing in for me. And I was just thinking, okay, so can I replace that? So it was just back of the napkin math, right? Like subtraction addition, maybe a little bit of multiplication. What's the worst case scenario here for me? That was, it was dramatic, Because I literally stood there and I said, I'm never taking one more thing. So I did want it to be like, I'm quitting this right now. And now I just got to figure out how I'm going to make 60,000 extra dollars a year. And that was comforting to me to be able to put a number to that.
3: And we we also talk talk about that. that. Yeah, we also talk about that, that when you create this product in your brain, this thing that you want to put in a shopping cart, Now decide how much would you be happy with, with that thing, creating it? Let's say it's $5,000. Yeah. Then, then that's what you have a price sheet with one product and you have a number and that's it. We can start off there. You can create a business around this thing. And now you just
0: sell 11 of those to make up for my weddings. Yeah. There you go.
3: And you could just, you can start with this one thing, this one product, this one price list with one item on it and you create a business. And actually now you can market it pretty easily because it's going to be consistent time after time, after time, you're going to be giving the same message because you only do this one thing Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden become known for this one thing that you do. And it's not like this, you know, cornucopia of all these things that, that you can purchase. Right. So we merchandise those things, but we are known for this thing,
2: right? Right. Okay. That may not make sense to your listeners.
0: <laughs> oh, I need more explanation. Uh-huh, yeah. on. I need some constructions on that one. We market,
2: market. our mixed media yeah. pieces.
3: Our, we're, we're, that's
2: what we're known for. That's who we are. That's, that's it. Yeah. But do you want some for grandma? And do you need a book? And do you need some for your office? And yes, of course. Yeah, we yes. do smaller ones, but that we don't market any of that. We have That's... five
3: products. We market the one.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's like Red Lobster. You can get a hamburger, or Red Lobster, but you're never going to see a hamburger in their ad.
3: Right. That's right. right. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. right. But
3: you can merchandise it, right? They can walk in and you. they can walk by it. They can see it. It's the what we call the milk. So we our milk is our mixed media pieces that are significant that in size. you go to the
2: store to get. You're going go you to go to the back corner. Got
3: go to go the back to get the milk. And you're going to pass these other things that are merchandise.
2: Albums.
3: Yeah. Right.
0: What are you calling your secondary pieces or? Creative art. Creative art.
3: It's creative yeah. art. It's not mixed. It's not mixed media, but it's creative a creative art piece. On campus, right. Yeah.
2: Okay. And then you'll see the floating art pieces.
0: Those
3: are you for know, the so transitional and walls. And those
2: will be on a transitional wall in the studio. Transitional
0: wall. That's the word right. I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. So
2: that would be in the studio. That kind of, yeah. So we do have those and we do sell those. And it's a great day when we sell every one of those. But
3: they come in for the piece, the mixed media piece. Yeah, that we design and they commission us to do. But on the way out the door in the shopping cart, they start loading it up with these other products. But with design, the cell is designed for that.
0: I love that. So, how I think about that, with my, how what that sounds like in my world is that really I sell two things. I right. sell wall art and I, and I sell custom designed albums. Now the wall art comes in varied sizes and presentations, right. not very many. Um, and the album comes very, you know, it's really just how many pages really, but of course we do holiday cards. Of course we do other things, but I, I feel like that that makes it so easy to talk to clients about what you're doing sure. when it is tightly, tightly curated and the message is tightly curated because then I know if I come to you and you can do a 90 foot portrait that's got painting on it in my Florida house for right. five stories, pretty sure you can do an eight by 10 for me.
3: Yeah, Exactly. Like right. I'm
0: not worried about that. Right. But so often in our industry, we have our ladder leaning on the wall of like a lot of little, oh, you yeah. need eight by 10 to five by seven, you need wallet.
3: wallet. Because right. we started off that way. And so what I'm talking about, when you dream like this, and you dream that this product, you know what your product's going to be, and you know that's what's going to be in the shopping cart, then it, it's much easier then to market it, sell it, know who you are, be able to do that. And then all the other things get priced that are relative to that piece. Because now right. you're going to pivot off of that piece. And so pivoting to something small, you're going to have to have more value to it because it's worth more because it's relative to this other big piece that you started with. Instead of right. pivoting from an eight by 10 on a price list, you know, my eight by 10s are this cost from pivoting from that to try to get to a big piece, it's hard. But really if started, hard. If you at the main course, the big piece, right. then you can pivot from there. And it's all gonna, then that makes sense.
0: Well, and the genius of that, I, I think is that As you're painting your own dream, yes. I'm painting the dream for the for the client's dream. Yes. Because my dream is what I want my clients, what I really want them to have. Like I don't want you to have a bunch of eight by tens and five by sevens in a dusty box under your bed that you never did anything with, or in a bunch of little frames on top of your piano. Like that's not what I'm best for. If you want me, let's do something amazing and big of your family that holds the entire wall that sets the the anchors the entire space. But and people don't even in. know that's possible. Right. <laughs> right. Unless a we paint the dream.
3: The built in marketing piece for every party that they throw. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> right. Because yeah, if also, it's a box under the bed, you get no marketing out of it. If it's a uh, beautiful yeah. wall, everybody wants one. Right. Right. But the client gets nothing out of it
0: either. And they've spent, oh, sure. they, they've had to dress their kids, drag them down, borderline divorce of their husband, and then it's <laughs> d- underneath their bed reminding them of how horrible it was like, no, you know, it's, and then the, then he doesn't want to do it again because right. they didn't ever do anything with it the last time. And so this way, it's the value for the client. So It is about our dream, but it's how our dream of what we love and what, what makes us happy and lights us up, how that brings value to the client's life.
2: That's very true. That's very true. It's very well said. Yes.
0: Very well said. Well, I think your website, Your Instagram feed is a perfect example of how it is. You kind of really show two things really well. You definitely show the artist, you know, the backlit pictures of Gregory, you know, embellishing and then him with his gloves and walking in with his little sport coat up to their house. So very much the artist, but then also what that's translating into for the client, because the clients don't really care about us. I mean, they want to know that the person that's doing it knows what they're doing. But in the end, they just want what they want for themselves. But unless we have the vision and can paint that for them, they're going to be stuck in 8 by 10 5x7 land because that's how the whole industry has trained them.
2: That's right. That's exactly right. Yes.
3: Our brand is a, is a status brand. So it's a FOMO brand, right? It's a fear of missing out because my neighbor has one and it's a decor brand. So it's their home decor, it's FOMO, it's status, and it's artistry. So those are the things that we...
2: And those are the words that we use when we think about our marketing too, you know, that we we specifically do that. I mean, we could put all kinds of things on there, but that's what, you know, how can we show some more artistry? How can we show some more status? How can we show that, that, golly, I wish I had one of those, you know? So those were our words that we focus on. Okay, so so I want to
0: go back to that. So status... Artistry. So these are kind of your pillars of yes. your marketing, right? Status, right. artistry, FOMO, fear of missing out. Right. Which Décor. is core.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Is part of status. And the status is uh, the FOMO and the status. Your brand, you know, deciding uh, what your brand is going to be, what it's about, you know, our brand circles around the status. We're basically selling status, and they're in the most beautiful homes. That all kind of goes around with it. But the centerpiece basically is is status.
0: If you're a portrait photographer, you know, the next few months are going to be crazy. This is our busy season. And how to make the most of that busy season is to make sure that our client communication is in order, that we are not having clients showing up with the wrong clothing, that we are not having clients shocked in our sales appointments by our pricing and needing to go home and measure or going home and asking their husband and then sales burning down and our clients not getting what they need and we not being able to build a sustainable business. So how... Are we going to make sure that this season is the most successful that it possibly can be? Well, it starts by getting on the same page with your clients so that nothing is left to chance. And how I've done this is that I've spent the last 13 years revising my own internal consultation form, which by the way, you can download the consultation form that I use in my business absolutely free. But I realized after tweaking that form for about 13 years, that I needed something more. And it wasn't just a pretty brochure and it wasn't a price list with no context because we all know you can send a price list to somebody and they're still shocked by the price because they never looked at it or they have no idea what those prices even mean. It's happened to all of us what I realized is I needed a single printed piece for my client to take away with them that would leave nothing to chance. And that it would allow me to educate my clients about the price range of my products. It would help them to understand what we would and wouldn't be shooting for during their portrait session, like actually creating a game plan for what is it that we're actually going to be shooting for? And let's prioritize that. And then also something that would allow the clients to feel confident about selecting the clothing for their session and a printed piece that would allow them to share with their spouse and be able to put together the game plan for their session. So I needed it to be part brochure, part getting ready guide, part last-minute checklist, and part consultation form, because my consultation form was internal. I was keeping that form, but I wanted this printed piece to go with my clients, and I wanted it to be sexy and good-looking and that they felt completely and totally cared for. So I wanted all of this in a single booklet that the client would take with them at the end of their consultation. Now, I've been using this. I created it about five years ago. It's called the ATJ Game Plan Booklet, And I started off by using it in my studio and I've been revising it for the last five years. And now for the first time ever, I'm offering it to the rework community to use in your portrait studio. So what's included in that? In this course, it's a little mini course, not a big long course. There's a video lesson with me on how to use the game plan booklet in your consultation. You will also have a video recording of an actual client consultation with me and a a client using the booklet in real time. And then you will have layered PSD files of the game plan booklet that we use in our studio every day, as well as a PDF version of the latest and greatest ATJ consultation form. So all of that is included for just a one-time payment of $295. Just $295 to completely change the way that you interact with your clients the information that they have, how taken care of they feel by making things transparent to them, putting together the game plan for the session so that everybody's on the same page. We all know what we're shooting for. We know how much it's going to cost. They know what to wear. Everybody's on the same page. This is the document, this is the booklet that has changed my business. And I want you to have it too if it works for you. So go to do the rework.com forward slash game plan. That's do the rework.com forward slash game plan and download that booklet and start using it in your business this busy season. I know that the game plan booklet will be a game changer for your business. So, and that has been, would you say you started there when you started to make this change, when you started building the bridge? Yes, from where was, you were?
3: Yes. The whole that whole piece was personalized art for your beautiful home which is a, in a gallery it's a, it also revolves around status right i mean that's the kind of client that would purchase these pieces in a gallery from a known artist mm-hmm. right so all of that was all the vision and the pickup card actually from was my brother's boat for me it was the pickup card from that gallery was over top of my computer for 20 years as i was heading towards that target and so Everything that we did, all the decisions that we made, all the changes that we put into play were all towards that target of creating a brand, a gallery, a space, a vision, you know, to communicate. This is, you know, the products, all of it. It's your filter. Yeah, exactly.
0: And so then I'm sure things came along, you know, you go to imaging or whatever and you see something new that could be, you could bring into your studio and it probably makes helps make the decision making on new product
2: exactly. much easier. Oh, yeah. much easier. It's like, oh yeah, that's really cool. That won't work for us.
0: We're not doing purses, oh, cool. right?
2: Right. But Teachings. that's really cool, and that would work for us. So it did make it does make the decision making. I can go through a trade show pretty quickly, and, and yes, no, yes. What? Well, whoa! What is that? You know, something. So it's very, yeah, it's very free. When you really know who you are.
3: Yeah, I mean, we even had a decision model that I drew up.
2: <laughs> this is Greg's mind. This, On, this know, is Lisa's ro- eye. Is ro-
0: eyes are rolling. I just want to <laughs> say for the record that Lisa is rolling her eyes.
2: We had know, a change management
3: decision model. Yeah.
2: Decision model that was <laughs> could be very easily used at the space center.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. Rocket scientists think this way.
3: It had to do with brand, you know, was it, is this thing that I'm looking at, do I have to purchase it to support the brand? I mean, do I have to do this for the brand? Then it's worth it. I have to invest in it. If it doesn't support the brand, then you go through a different decision tree. Maybe it's more efficient. Is it a time thing where it becomes more efficient? Well, if it's not, then I have to go to another gate to make the decision. If it does save me time, then maybe that's something I need to invest in for time saving. This decisions like that. Once you decide those, that's how I'm going to make these decisions. When you're walking through a trade show, all of a sudden things become very clear very easily and you can walk right past items because you can make these decisions really fast. Like this is not, this doesn't have anything to do with my vision, my brand, and where I'm headed. Or yeah. I have to have this because it's going to support my brand.
0: And because you allowed yourself that time to dream and have that vision in your head, yeah. even though I feel like Sometimes when people hear this and they're thinking about making his they feel like the change has to be fully formed.
3: No, no, not at all.
0: I, I think it can be a, a, a mirage in the distance and you could it just gives you a direction and then it yeah. becomes more clear the closer you move toward it.
3: You're right. The vision like the whole vision started with the pickup card. Yeah because I had this dream and this vision of what that could look like in my, mm-hmm. in my mind, you know? And so having that in front of me every day kept me back in line. It kind of yeah. triggered my brain. Don't stop thinking about yeah. that. Don't yeah, stop you it.
0: know you love that. So can stay with that.
3: that. Right. Yeah. So it um, kept me on track. It took me years to create this brand. I mean,
2: years.
0: Yeah. It makes me think about, have you read, you've read Mike McCallowitz's The Pumpkin Plan?
3: Yes,
2: yes. Yeah.
0: So he talks about this, this change management decision cycle that you were talking about earlier. It makes me think of, there's one part of that book that he talks about when you go to make change in your business there, you need to run it through three things. So see if this fits your decision cycle. He said, does it preserve your unique advantage? Like what makes you special? Your X factor, does it serve your best clients? Okay. And then does it serve the bottom line? And I think there's an efficiency thing there too. I think there, it might've been four. There were only three that I could remember, but so often I found myself thinking like when I was doing, I wanted to stop doing custom holiday cards because they were so hard. And so I was thinking, okay, well, if I just do templated ones, that'll be more profitable. It'll be more efficient, but it cratered my unique advantage and it didn't serve my best clients.
3: Yeah. So what so, you're talking about is what I would say to make sure... And the decision models run through priorities, right? So you go through one decision. And so those right there, there's got to be some sort of priority with it. With the brand, right? It was the brand. It had to go through that gate first, and then it would go to the cost gate. And then it would go through maybe the time gate. It would go through those, these different gates. So when you make the decisions... It's not like it has to be for all of them. It doesn't have to clear all of them, but it's got to clear them in that order, right? Yeah. Because if it doesn't meet the brand, uh, uh we gotta yeah. stop. We're done. It yeah. goes. It goes to the no. I can't. Right.
0: Because that's your identity.
3: It's right. That's a
0: basically go. That's you're out of integrity at that point. Exactly.
3: Yeah. This big thing, this big huge printer, I'm gonna. Yeah. It's I'm gonna love doing. It. It's gonna save me so much time. Or it's going to save me so much money or something like that. It's like, no, no, that's, you don't have to have that. Right. I have one, by the way, but it's, I mean, it's just an item. It might not meet your brand or what your brand is for, what you need it for. Right.
0: Right. Right. Or it might be like, oh, we could get this printed. We could outsource this and get this printed by, you know, this cheaper lab or whatever. And it's more efficient and it's going to be more profitable for us. But the quality is not good and they can't deliver on time or whatever, that's you're out of brand. So brand Brand is the key
3: is definitely the first gate. Yeah.
0: So that would probably fall under that in my mind, is that the unique advantage, like the thing, the brand is so closely tied with your photographic style, with how you do business, with who you are, how you want to deliver your service, what you think your clients need, your expertise. That's all kind of like wrapped up in a little ball that then you just filter everything through. Right. Yes. And as we're always looking ahead, you know, that's always a little bit of a mirage in the distance. That's the future. What did you call it? Your future? Future state. Future state.
3: Yeah. Current state and then future current state, state.
0: Future state. Future state. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's always been intimidating to me. I've gone to classes where sometimes they're like, all right, you need to have your five-year plan. Like, what are you going to do in five years? I don't, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do in five minutes. <laughs> yeah.
1: you know,
0: and I don't like to be locked in. But to me, I have seen the power of having a direction. Yes. And a, what would you call it? I think it is just a future state. Like, this is how this feels to me. Kim Wiley, when they were making huge changes in their business, she said, she put her hand on her, on her I'm putting my hand on my chest, on my heart, kind of like by my neck, sternum right here. And she would say, okay, this next year, how would I feel if I shot X number of sessions? And she would just kind of close her eyes and she would feel, yeah, no, that's still too much. You know, and then how can I do less? you know? And that, that the, for her, that was a, a way of sifting through. And then she realized, okay, why does that feel bad at that much volume? Well, because I can't spend the time that I want to spend and for my brand, right? For them to my clients to get the attention that they need. You know, so it does all filter through.
2: It does, yeah. you're right. And
3: just to circle back around, is so important. This brand, when we talk about designing something, brand really comes first. So what Agreed. brand wall are you on? And then what brand wall are you going to put on? Then you can create a product on top of that brand. But most folks, it seems like that I talked to, they don't take brand into that much consideration. And brand is... It becomes easy when you look outside of our industry. because mm-hmm. Everything that I look at is from outside the industry. And I want to model after what these big, huge brand corporations spend billions of dollars creating and creating in the minds of our clients. I So I don't have to push up a rope. I don't have to push a rope up a hill. They've already done this. Right. And so all I have to do is pick which brand I want to be and what brand... Lane I want to be in, and I can go find many examples within that brand lane, whatever brand it is you want to be, whatever level you want to be, you know, McDonald's, Olive Garden, fine French restaurant, whatever you want to be, there are plenty of brands out there. For, and then you can build products on top of that brand. But it's hard to create a product and not really think about the brand level you're going to be at. Because when you start off with photography, there's that dirty secret thing again. In our industry, we don't start off with, geez, I wonder what kind of brand I want to be. And then I'm going to start photography. It doesn't typically work that way. So our so, are is uh, on a happening brand wall, right?
0: Yeah. What is that? I mean, you've been president of PPA, you've been so involved in the industry for so many years. What wall are they putting the ladder on? Like what, what are the, the big mistakes that you see? Very I common.
3: The, I think they typically put it on their own experience growing up, whoever they are and how they identify themselves as a consumer wall.
0: A consumer of like what how they experience photography or portraits or or
3: or brands. just brand whatever whatever their particular brand is that they want to be or that they are. What do you mean want to be you mean well followers. that they are so that they it, currently are it, it, So okay. I
2: started in this business well, and I am a if I was
3: a Kennedy I probably would have a luxury brand. Yeah. Right. right? right. <laughs> I mean right. Right. <laughs> I grew up that way, I am exposed that way. That's all you know. That's all I know. If I was raised in a yacht club, I would be, you know, that brand kind of level. But if yeah. you're
2: not raised that way, then
3: you might be a commodity or maybe but I mean whatever you might just be a commodity brand
2: because right. that's That's all
3: that you, you know. Are, right? That you know. Maybe I'm maybe I just frequent Target and I look at that brand level and that's what brand I'm going to create because that's what I experienced. I see a lot of that, but that's because it's not intentionally decided, right? Right. And so if you don't intentionally decide the brand of business you're going to have, then you're going to just fall into what you're used to, right? What you grew up around, what you're surrounding, right?
0: Yeah. I see a lot of ladders against what other people are doing. Like what's everybody else doing? Oh, they're selling X number of files for X number of dollars. That's the ladder. We're going to put it against that against that house, you know?
3: I think it's just a non-recognition of the brand. It's not taken into consideration. Yeah. Even when you're looking around, you're just looking at products and product pricing, but you're not considering the brand level you're at, right? Right.
0: And right. And, and you still have a brand, even if you're unaware.
3: Exactly. Exactly. You have
0: a brand. It might suck. It might not be the one you would like. Right. It might not be good. It might be super confusing, but you have one. Of course. That's true. So choose it intentionally.
2: Choose it. Right.
3: Choose it. At some time in this industry, I think we just give yourself permission to stop and start over again with the brand in mind first and then go from there. Because Mm. most of the folks I talk to, they've never stopped long enough to identify what kind of brand they want to be. And what could that look like? And how can I build that?
0: Okay, well, I would love to do that exercise, and I'd, Lisa, I want you to weigh in on this because I I feel like it's very common when f- photographers come to classes and they hear you know certain people talk or whatever, and they think, okay, so now I need to be Gregory Daniel. Oh, I need no, to no. do mixed mix mixed media pieces, paint. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, like they I, just like, I, I think or I need perfect. to be Tim Walden, or you know whatever. And so. Erasing the board, what are some ways that you have seen at photographers out there that are doing exciting, cool things that are not what you're doing, but still have really cool brands? I know you don't have to name anybody, but like, is there anything that anybody that's doing cool things that are not exactly what you're doing?
2: Well, we do have a friend who is making a pivot and her particular pieces look Fabulous on metal, hmm. and so we were talking with her that you need to, oh yeah, be this fabulous photographic metal artist, and she lives in an area where she can pull that off. Oh yeah, so that needs to be your brand. And she went, oh, I never even thought of that. So,
3: something yeah, like a thought went from just you know creating new displays from these huge 40 inches. And I'm like, no, no, these things need to be eight feet. You need to at least have an eight foot one when they walk through this front door.
2: Giant metal piece. With a
3: massive frame around it. And just just in you, in your face, bam, when you walk in this gallery. And think in those terms, instead of... Yeah,
2: and, and and she could pivot that particular one on a dime. Yes. Because her work's already there. And it's client, just a different display and her and
3: her brand is on the right. Her brand is level. on that.
2: And so she it's, could she could change on a dime. So yeah. that one is a really cool, easy thing. Maybe, maybe it's all acrylic if you're yeah. doing a lot of modern homes and that kind of thing.
3: But yeah, that would stand out. And she is standing out. It's big. It's really cool. Can you
0: think of another one? So it's just reenvisioning your like looking at your work, kind of almost when you're erasing the board. You're not erasing you. You're not erasing your right. talent. You're no. pulling back and say, okay, if if the photographic industry did not exist, if there was no such thing as an eight by ten, right? Labs all burned down tomorrow. Sorry, labs. We're don't. A, stand- we don't a
3: standardized size.
0: Yeah, if that was not in the cards, right? What do I love? You know, what do I continually gravitate toward? What right. has been on my Pinterest board for the last 10 years? Or what have I pulled out of magazines? Because we all do it. What has been my sketchbook? What have I, when I travel, what do I love? And go there, right? And dream and
2: scheme. Yeah. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the art sketches that can be done from a photograph. Maybe you love that. And maybe that's something That you want to pivot on and start marketing that and make yourself different that way. You know, it could be anything. It could be the actual piece. It could be the size of the pieces. It could be the presentation of the piece. It it could be so
0: many different things. Things we've never even thought of. Right. Have never even been considered.
2: But you walk it. We have. We know someone who is taking her pieces. She's adding depth to them with some sort of medium. I don't even know how to describe it. She's just making them from one two dimension to three dimension, and then she's cutting them and making them mo- mobiles or mobiles. I don't know how you say that word. Yeah. But it's a sculpture of yeah. her piece. Yeah. She and starts, that's yeah. what she's doing. Phenomenal. So cool.
3: Mexico City.
2: Yes. So you Maybe. know you could do something totally. Different, whatever if you've gone into a into a gallery and you see something you go I just love this mm-hmm. how can I incorporate this into what I do and and, and we do that often but I think yeah, that's I
3: strongly how- suggest you were talking about everybody just looks around next to them you know within our industry go out Death. that's what we did we walked out of the industry we went into the art world and just looked and dreamed.
2: This is kind of a silly example, but sometimes you kind of go, oh, I just don't want to, I just don't want to get dressed up today. I've got clients, I just don't care. And Greg will say, so if you're walking into Tiffany's would the girl behind the counter be like, I didn't want to get dressed up today. I really didn't care. No, she would be fired. So she's going to wear a pretty little black, whatever she wears. So just think about that. And like, yep, yeah, so I'm getting dressed today. And yeah. I- Air, so pick some industry that you can throw at yourself once in a while, because we all go through it. It's just like, oh, I just don't want yeah. to do it, you know, but we'll do that at each other often, or we're trying to figure out a new product. Well, Tiffany's is known for their big engagement rings, yeah. but do they sell
3: charm bracelets? Charm bracelets?
2: Yeah. Sure they do. Yeah. But so you have to I walk to the back. To get, yeah. Back. But you have to go buy the pretty big diamond rings first. Right. Yeah. Right. So, we try to think in terms of how can we apply some of the things that they've used for how many decades?
0: Right. And use yeah.
2: that in our business. Right. So, yeah.
0: it's like the, the keychain, you know, that you can buy an Hermes, you know, Kelly bag for $50,000. You can get a keychain for maybe a couple hundred, few hundred, you know, but you still have a piece of that brand. That's right. That's right.
3: That's right. Yeah. That's, That's right.
0: right. Yep. Yeah. I love it. So I, I, so many good things here. So it's summer. We, We will be, this podcast episode will probably be releasing early fall, maybe end of the summer. And we're kind of heading into portrait busy season. What would be your advice if somebody is wanting to make a change, don't really know exactly where to start in your change management decision cycle, where would you have them start? What would be the first step in your mind?
3: The first step would be to get away and dream. Okay. Give yourself permission to get away. We call it get off the grid, get off the grid, get, get to a
2: coffee shop, just do get, something,
3: get away, give yourself time and permission to dream and to dream about something that could be just totally different and dream about the brand level that you would like to be. And that would be the first step, you know. And what, write it down. And write, yeah, write it down.
2: You Must write it down.
3: And then the next step would be really, really dream about what you would love to just do, even if you didn't have to do it, right? What would yeah. you love to do every single day? I come in every day, whether I whether I'm supposed to or not, to play and enjoy what I do. I love what I do, right? I mean. It's it's ridiculous how much I enjoy doing what I do. And because I love to create, I would create. What would that be for you? you? What what would it be if you could create something, whatever you did, whenever you sat down to create, you would be happy. You would be so happy and fulfilled that you created
2: that thing.
0: Don't you think that's a good place to when you think about it? That tells you what you don't want to be doing. Right. right. So, so sometimes maybe we don't even know what we like because we're so busy right. doing so many things that we hate. And so right. it's like, okay, what do I hate? I find I don't know why. This must say something about my personality. It's easier for me to make decisions coming from the negative. Like, okay, I don't ever want to open quicken <laughs> a QuickBooks. We don't need- I do not I, ever want to fill out a tax submittal form. I neither. That's Pat.
2: <laughs> yes. That, we have somebody that does it because yes. I know I, I know where my skills are and where they aren't. Right. And they're-
0: I never want to retouch anything as long as I live ever again, you know? So, but I love being with clients, kids. I love shooting. I love being in the sales room, chatting, dreaming up ideas. That's really being with clients. That's where I want to be. And then that's how you've made your business. Right. But I think when we wear all the hats and we're so beaten down by wearing all the hats. We can't even get out from under it. We just think that that's the way that it always has to be. And really we can, it's our business. We are the ones, what, you know, have you ever been so busy and so crazy in your business? And you're like, life is so hard. I, this is so crazy. And then you think, who made all these appointments?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> who exactly is there to blame? Yeah, it's right. me, you know, so we can change it. And, and you guys now let's just wrap up with that. Now you are getting ready to do a change management cycle.
3: Yeah, this year
0: (laughs) cycle, because now we have you and I both, we all have these gorgeous grandkids and we want more time with them. And so how are we still going to do the things that we love that still that pay the bills and support our dreams? And how are we going to go live those dreams? So what are you doing about that?
2: What we have done is we've blocked off certain times. I mean, it's really no different than if you want to block off for a vacation. It is really no different.
3: We gave it a name, which helped.
2: Yes. And we gave ourselves permission to do that because we are, work ethic has always been very important to both of us. And so Mm -hmm. I've always thought that if you're supposed to be there at this time to this time, you are there from this time to this time and you give it your all. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just how i phrase. That's just who I am. And that's the way you've been too. And so we've called it hibernation instead of vacation because vacation sounds very-
0: Indulgent.
2: It does. It does. That's the exact right word. But hibernation is what we're calling it. So we will mark off. We'll be gone for these two weeks from the studio. The phone from the studio is forwarded to me, to myself. So our clients do not know. I have access to emails- Mm-hmm. I have access to texting if I need if they want to know something I don't initiate anything but I can respond so they are not at a loss mm-hmm. I don't want to do that Pat who works with us we are at, we are very very fortunate that she is at a stage in her life where she just wants to work when there's work to be done mm-hmm. she doesn't need to be here just to manage the studio and to keep the doors open so when we're gone. She may come in a day or two if she has work to do. She may not, just depending on what she has going on as well. So. And then
3: all the deliveries are directed coming to
2: our home. To our home. Where if we are out of town, mm-hmm. our kids can put them inside our house, as opposed to leaving. The, so you, we just made some changes as far as the logistics, and then when we come back we are extremely efficient and we know how to be efficient because Greg many years ago worked two full-time jobs. So we don't do it. We just got lazy. And so now we just stack people and it's really no different than the busy time of year where you, you are very efficient and stack people.
3: So what we, what we did really was to kind of summarize what she just talked about was that from a process standpoint, at the beginning of the year, we were up at the cabin and we we did this. We said, first off, we want to be able to spend more time taking segments of time, going places and have the freedom and feel like we can do that. Right. And spend more time with our kids and our grandkids and that sort of thing. So we wanted to do it in blocks of times and not our other priority on this was to not change the amount of income. Right, not change. We were perfectly happy with the amount of clients that we have, and our targets and all of that. But I said, I think we could probably compress these and do the same in the same amount. Of, mm-hmm. Just do them in blocks. And the 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 thing was that I think one of the things was that on the we have a gallery and a studio in two different locations. We call them different gallery studio. But the front door had hours like Monday through what? Yeah. Tuesday through Friday. And that was like, it
0: yeah.
3: was, you had to be there. Well, yeah. we had to have somebody here to answer the phone and take, take the orders and things. And it was like, no, 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 no. Scrape that off. Now we can go erase the board, go think about yes. what would that look like? And let's give it a name. And we did the hibernation thing and we called it hibernation. And then what all the things you just talked about, were the things that we had to figure out how to get the hibernation to work, Mm -hmm. right? So first we dreamt about being able to hibernate and how many times and what that might look like at the end. But then we had to do all of the things that you just mentioned. We had to write, well, what about, what about this? What about that? What about this? We make this happen. Well, what about how about the FedEx guy? Where is he going to go? Yeah, you know, But all those things you have to write down and figure out how to get there from here. So That's I call the, mitigate
2: the downside. Right. That's it. Right. That's it. And one thing we also did, if someone is, is in our stage of life wanting to do this, we looked at our slow times. And those are some of the times that we plan some of the hibernation. So, you know, why shoot yourself in the foot? You don't want to be hibernating in November.
0: Right. Right. Like,
2: you know, let's hibernate. So, work
0: with the flow of business. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: Right. You're just pushing things out. And what Lisa does is she puts airplanes on the runway for me.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Right. She puts them on the runway. When we take them off, it's up to us. Mm -hmm. Right. You can do runway, you put planes on runways.
2: I like to call clients and say, let's get you in. Haven't been here for how many years or whatever. Well, I don't do that right now. I will do that getting ready for putting them on October, November, December, or when, whenever right. I'm going to be here. That's when I put those planes on the runway. Yeah. Yep. So it's not a happening. Yeah. Right. I love it. I love that. Well,
0: and you said another thing that made me think, you know, when you go to a restaurant, there's a perfect amount of busy yes. of a restaurant. When they have, you know, they got tables and it's kind of hustling and bustling and going, the food comes out hot and it's just like, they're in their groove. I feel like that's how we are in the busy season. Like we're just in the groove. And then when we're in a slower season and it's like one shoot in a week or, you know, it's like things can fall through the cracks because we're not in our game. So what you're actually doing is you're going to this hibernation where you can be fully present with your grandkids and your family and really be off and enjoying your time, and then compressing everything into these false, quote-unquote, busy seasons, right. where you can percolate at peak efficiency. It's genius.
3: It seems like it at this point. It's working really well.
0: So far, so good. Yeah. So far, so good. <laughs>
3: we'll let you know next January. <laughs> but yeah, so no. far, so good. It really is.
0: I think to your point about this work ethic, we also are in this like industrial probably, I don't know if you went to public school, I went to public school, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, right, this eight right. to three, and then you go and you work for a nine to five job. And it's like, why are we running our own businesses? If we just want to do that, like, we don't need to work nine to five. If we, it's not right, exactly. Like, We don't need to do that, but we have this somehow we're not, we're being lazy or whatever. So right. I love the idea of, and then I don't know what you're doing. This is probably getting in a little bit into the weeds, but For me to be able to do what you're doing, how we have created that to either do vacations or whatever is, we just do everything on on the calendar and say, okay, this is where we're shooting, this is where we're going to view them, and basically just color code that on a calendar so that we know when we can schedule that stuff and when we're going to be off, rather than just letting these onesie twosie little appointments bleed into your life. No, that's exactly what crazy. Yeah, the onesie
3: twosies.
2: We blocked. can't do it. We sat so, down and yeah. did the
3: blocking at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: I love that. See
3: if it works, you okay. might have to you know, adjust next year, but it's. But yeah. at this point, it's all working.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, and and with you and your hibernating, I mean, sometimes you are traveling, but many times you're probably just at the park with your grandkids. Absolutely.
3: Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. And so if, you know, if a Kennedy flies into Florida and needs a session, you can do it. Like if, yes, if it's worth it, it, we could we, yeah, it we, we could, we we could it make you that could, work. you could put that plane on the runway and then <laughs> we'll have that plane take off in a month or two once we're back from hibernation. But we can put the plane
2: on the runway. Exactly. Yeah, we can shoot. Yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you, you can make real-time calls, you know, but you need have a plan. The it's plan- just funny
0: how we put ourselves, we find ourselves in a box and real only to realize that we put ourselves there. And that we can just get that box cutter and get right out. We how many metaphors have we had today? Yeah, we've had box cutters, we've had planes. Pretty soon, Greg's gonna start talking about the Swiss cheese effect, and then we're That's just right. yeah, he's-, to- <laughs> yeah. he's he's the metaphor king, so yeah. I know. Well, this is why we're friends. Right. I, I understand his metaphor, his metaphors speak to my metaphors. Yes, <laughs> we have a metaphor sandwich going. Well, I appreciate you taking the time your insights and uh, perspectives are so valuable. And I, I think speak to whether people are wanting to create a high-end brand, a middle-end brand, just a brand. Right. To be intentional. Intentional exactly. Intentional. Yeah. That's, that's the key. Be intentional.
3: Brands and products. Be intentional.
0: I love it. You're the best. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you so much.
2: You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us.